Welcome to the Fantasy Baseball Today podcast from CBS Sports. One, one pitch, fastball, pulled it. Got a fantasy question? Email fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. Get ready to win your league. Where fantasy becomes reality. Now, here's Adam, Scott, Heath, and Chris. Well, we warned you about those two-star pitchers, didn't we? Didn't, didn't we, Scott? Didn't we warn them? Warning, warning. <laughs> That's what we said. <laughs> Do we warn them about Ben and Teddy or Travis Shaw? That's right. The mixer is here with me. It's back and better than ever. Might have to break that out a few times during the show, during the the dog days of August, just to keep things alive. Oh yeah, this is a this is a dog of a day, no question. And Scott is Loopy Scott White here on a Monday night, eleven twenty-two p.m. Eastern. And we are looking at these games. Like I'm going to be real with the audience here, Scott. You know I have that. Oh, this is Adam, by the way. Chris Welsh will be back tomorrow to uh, host this show. But uh, I'm filling in for him. He's going to be on three times a week going forward. So he'll be on uh, the next three days of this week. So, Scott, I'm going to be real with the audience. I think they appreciate my honesty. I have a no. sp- splitting headache. I feel Ooh. like crap. I need to go to sleep. So we're not going to do a super long show today. The high-pitched Travis Shaw <laughs> may have done you in. That may have split it wide open. Maybe actually feel a little bit better, to be honest with you. So here yeah. we go. Who are some Monday standouts? Scott White. Oh, the Monday standouts. Well, um, I mean, where to begin? Trevor Bauer was the opposite of last time out, which was the opposite of the previous time out, which I'm sure is getting really frustrating, but it probably is an indication. You should just start Trevor Bauer and not try to overanalyze it too much. I mean, he was awesome. 11 strikeouts in seven innings. Um, that's what he did two starts ago too. But yeah, the other two with the Reds have been disastrous. The ERA is over four for the year. Uh, we talk, we talk about this, you know, yeah, Every yeah, other. yeah. I mean, look, I, I put him like a five or something on the worryometer last time we talked about him. And you were like, no, yeah. I'm not worried. And it, it, it's just, for me, it's not like worried. It, it was it was just worried that he's going to keep having bad starts, and I'm still worried about that. But it was nice to see him get through seven innings with 11 strikeouts on only like 106 pitches. You know, mm-hmm. with, with Cleveland, that would have been 126 pitches. So that was nice and efficient. It was a great start. And no matter how worried I am, yeah, like Scott said, no matter how worried I am about Trevor Bauer, I'm starting him because this is this is what he's capable of. And he's still a top 25 pitcher going into today. Bauer was 22nd in points, 25th in Roto. And he'll be, obviously, he'll be top 20 after. He took the loss, unfortunately, so the fantasy points won't be great. But great start for Trevor Bauer for sure. Uh, on the other hand, Brendan McKay is my standout. And uh, I can't, do it. I can't trust him anymore. I mean, this weekend at Baltimore, if they let him make the start at Baltimore this weekend, because he's been terrible lately, am I going to trust Brandon McKay? He does not have a quality start since his major league debut when he flirted with a perfect game. He had like a perfect game through six innings or something like that against Texas. I think he only had three strikeouts in the game. And mm. uh, yeah, look, he's just he just hasn't been very good. He has a 5.55 ERA, and yeah. I uh, like I think I said it last time. We talked about McKay, I think. Uh, I don't know. I 
there's something there. He doesn't look like that stud pitcher that you'd expect from the pedigree and the minor league numbers. It's just one man's opinion. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know that his, um, yeah, I, I don't know that the, like the, the thing that really stood out for him in the minors was just how many strikes he threw, how, how much he avoided walks. Um, the stuff obviously played up against lower competition. So he's able to get a lot of strikeouts too. I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what the upside looks like in terms of strikeouts in the long run. I mean, obviously Aaron Nola, that's an example of a guy who I feel like, um, you know, we were, we were thinking of him as more of a control guy than a bat misser and he eventually became the bat misser. So it's, I think it's still too early to, to make any sweeping proclamations about McKay, but, more in the short term, more with the focus on this year. Nine walks now in six innings over his past two starts. I mean, that's clearly not in character. And McKay is at 27 and two-thirds innings more than he's ever thrown before. Right, it's a great point. It's a good point. So, I mean, we may not see him make another start. Hopefully he does, because I'm sure some people activate him for two starts. The second, this was Seattle, so it should have gone better. The second was Baltimore. Um, oh yeah, I thought he was a no-brainer this week. You know, I think that's yeah. why I'm so disappointed. Those those matchups, just I thought it was a no-brainer for Brennan McKay. Yeah, but he he doesn't have much left. I don't think we're we're not going to see him in September, or at least I would be surprised if we do. Well, we might not see Corey Kluber either. We're going to update you on that. Chris Sale, obviously, big injury. Any other standouts? You want to get to some uh, other stuff? I mean, I, Francisco Mejia, he homered. And uh, it was starting for the ninth time in 12 games. One of those starts was at DH. But still, it looks like he's taking over as the primary backstop in San Diego. 444 with four home runs this month. And not many strikeouts. So he may be coming into his own finally. If you still need catcher help, he's out there. Catcher's been an interesting position. (laughs) You know, you get like hot streaks from Danny Jansen, Francisco Mejia... I don't know how many people in a 12-team league hate their catcher. There's been enough on the waiver wire where, you know, you plug in Roberto Perez or James McCann, you're probably doing okay. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I mean, one catcher, that's the thing about catcher, is it can go from very thin to an abundance in one catcher leagues quickly because nobody's using those guys anywhere but a catcher. Right, right, right. All right, well, catcher sucks. So, okay, moving on. Today's sponsor is ZipRecruiter. Actually, before we tell you about ZipRecruiter, let's look at the in-progress scoreboard. Some of the games have not completed yet. Uh, All right, let's see what we got, Scott. We got a 7-7 game in the, pardon me, in the bottom of the, what? that's the Angels-Rangers game. Mm Mm-hmm. What's the score there, 7-7? So much for that. Right, yeah. You know, I was watching this game, Peters versus Allard, and... I think both guys, oh, I can't find the game because I'm already on it. You know, both guys, like, they're kind of interesting, but they both had bad starts, and you don't need to own them. I think the theme of today, Scott, was like almost every two-start pitcher that you could have gotten excited. We didn't get excited about, but fantasy owners did based on the most added list. Mm -hmm. They got rocked for the most part. Peters, four runs in four innings, five runs, four earned, four walks, three strikeouts. Allard, this guy, we were not recommending him. He was more deep leagues, but... Six earned runs in five innings. Um, yeah, they, 
I don't think we're expecting much from them the rest of season. Scott has not been buying into Dylan Peters. Good for him. And if you listen to him, you wouldn't have started him this week. Yep. Avon Nova yep, exactly. actually, you know, survived against the Twins, but it wasn't pretty. No, but Ten he's probably going to get the win, so it's going to end up being yeah. like 10 fantasy points. Right. Two earned runs, 10 hits, and five and a third innings. And two strikeouts is a crap start. Yeah. Which, I mean, other than keeping the hits down, nothing had really changed for him in that five-start stretch where, I mean, he throws so many strikes that when he's not giving up base runners, of course he's going to go deep into the game. Um, You know, we've seen stretches like this throughout his career where he looks like an asset in fantasy, but in the long run, there's just not, the stuff just isn't good enough. He just doesn't miss enough bats. And uh, this could have been much worse. It could have been, for sure. Uh, he's got another start this week against, uh, who is it, <laughs> Texas? Let's see, Yvonne Nova. I think it's Texas, yeah, this weekend. So I guess, you know, if you're lucky enough to get the win, that game again, not over, but it's Texas for Nova. Maybe he won't bury you this week like I was afraid he would. Luis Arias, the second baseman, he led off today. So he's hitting very well, and that's nice to see as we look mm-hmm. at that game in progress. Uh, Colorado, Arizona is in the top of the seventh. It's 2-1 Arizona here. And Josh Rojas did not start this game. And let me just see if they had a lefty on the mound. I don't think so, but it's been a while since I've checked the handedness of Chichi Gonzalez. He is a righty. So that's disappointing that Rojas didn't start. He is in the game, though, or he pinched it at least. But Zach Gallen had an interesting start, Scott. Six innings, five hits, one run. Eight strikeouts. Terrific, terrific. Great stuff against Colorado. Yeah. Six walks. Six walks. Six walks. And the walks have been kind of discouraging throughout his time in the majors because he was he had a very low walk rate at Triple uh, A. Um. So, it, yeah, I I don't I don't know where this is coming from. Obviously, career's just beginning, and you know it's. It, <laughs> Players shouldn't be expected to perform at their very best from the get-go. Um, and he's done a lot of good things. He's done a lot of good things. He's probably pretty close to must-own because he's, you know, pitched decently overall. But the walks are disappointing and are kind of holding him back from being everything I think he could be. Yeah, Zach Gowan has a 2.45 ERA right now. That is pretty good. Cattell Marte with his 26th home run in this game. And one more game that was... Oh, no, Houston-Detroit went final. Okay, so Houston with a 5-4 win over Detroit. And uh, we had Wade Miley give up 10 hits, but he did strike out 8. I thought he might have a better start. Did not get you a quality start. But, of course, he did not give up more than 3 earned runs because that's just... That's what Wade Miley does every time. 3 earned runs or less, basically. I like how you're giving score updates to this recorded podcast that's not being consumed live anywhere. That's Well, I need people to know that, you know, the, the show's not 100% organized because <laughs> the games weren't over when I made the notes. It's tough for me. Um, it's something we're going to have to deal with, I think, going forward. But it is nice that we, these, these shows are out early for you so you can listen on your morning commute. Um, okay, so today's sponsor is ZipRecruiter. Thank you so much to ZipRecruiter for sponsoring our show. If you're looking to hire somebody... Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash strike. So instead of you sorting through all those resumes, let ZipRecruiter do it for you. They find people for your job. They find the right fit. ZipRecruiter.com slash strike. 
I think the big story today, other than the two-star pitchers being terrible, is the the news, the injuries. Chris Sale is likely to avoid Tommy John. That's good, but he had a PRP injection. He's done for the rest of the regular season. You can drop Chris Sale. And what are your thoughts on him right now for 2020? (laughs) Immediate reaction. Well, the way you put it, hopefully going to avoid Tommy John. Um, I, I saw it more definitively. He doesn't need Tommy John. Uh, and I, I think that's an important distinction and and I'm not sure which of us is right, but that's, you're probably right. Um, you know, but, but I I just feel like inflammation, look look what happened with David Robertson, right? Sometimes these guys, it doesn't look like a Tommy John situation. They rehab. It doesn't work. And then they have to get surgery. I think it just yeah. happened with someone else, right? I mean, well, I, I haven't seen who... anything along the lines of he has a, a tear in there that he's going to try and rehab instead no. of having Tommy John surgery. It doesn't sound like that situation. It just, I think it's still being classified as inflammation in the elbow. And that doesn't sound like a very serious injury. So, um, you know, we're going rather than having this stretch that I suspected would eventually come where he pulls his ERA back down significantly. We're going to go into next year with him coming off a year where he had like a 440 ERA, you know, and that alone is going to make him a tough sell for some people in the, you know, in, in like the, the ACE range of starting pitchers. Um, and then the fact he's coming off the elbow injury, I, I think, I think he could be a nice discount next year. I don't know realistically what that, that means in terms of like round number. Um, but you know, I, I think there's definitely still first round upside there. And like, if you end up getting him in like round five, uh, that's great. I mean, I think Clayton Kershaw was even going later than that. So maybe five is, uh, a little, I don't know. Let, I, just to be reasonable, I'm going to say round five right now would be great. I don't think Kershaw was going later than that before he right. was slated to start the year on the IL. Right. But That's after that, point. yeah. Um, I, I Kershaw is definitely a reason to be hopeful. The difference is, you know, for sale. The difference is Kershaw still had good numbers last year. I, I Personally, I think you and I have been on the same page with sale, and I'm sure most fantasy baseball analysts have. Like, we've always been very optimistic with him. We've thought he's much better than his numbers. You don't go out and have these unbelievably dominant starts like Chris Sale without being a great pitcher, you know? So the ERA doesn't really concern me. The fact that he has broken down two straight seasons concerns me a lot. And, yeah. you know, that that is why I still would take him in the first five rounds uh, as yeah. of right now, for sure. Yeah, sure. But that's why I can't take him in the first two and a half rounds, I'd say. Yeah, I mean, so beyond so beyond who? Uh, Scherzer, uh, Cole, DeGrom. Wait, ho- pause. Okay. I have to tell you my bold prediction before you spoil it in this discussion. Okay, go ahead. I have a bold prediction for 2020. Mike Clevenger is going to win the American League Cy Young. Whoa. Save that for March, Adam. <laughs> Earmark this for later. He's so good. He's so good. He has 13 strikeouts per nine. He gets ground balls. He's throwing 97 miles per hour. His velocity up from last year. Uh, all the things we've known. But since he's been hurt, 
we haven't seen a full season of truly breaking out for Mike Clevenger, but Mike Clevenger yeah. is the best Indians pitcher. Move over the Biebs. Clevenger's going to win the Cy Young, and I would take him ahead of Chris Sale. Uh, my inclination right now is to agree that he'll go ahead of Chris Sale. Um, so I would assume Scherzer, Cole, DeGrom, Shane Bieber, Justin Verlander, Walker Bueller. Let's throw Mike Clevenger in there. And um, Clayton Kershaw. I assume they will all go ahead of Chris Sale next year. So we're talking eight pitchers. Um, but beyond that, I'm not sure who definitively does. Strasburg, Corbin, Granky. I think Flaherty will have a case based on the way he closes the well, season. Well, not compared to those guys. You're ready to move Flaherty ahead of I think Strasburg. people will be. I think they will be looking at a young up-and-comer who found his footing in the second half of the year. I think I, I think Severino might have a case depending on what he does. Um, but none of them are definitively going ahead I mean, of Chris Sale. I like no. I... Ryu, how about Hyunjin Ryu? Lost season. I mean, that, that he's going to be behind like Luis Castillo. We'll see. We'll we'll Castillo. see. I, I'm not so sure about that, but you know, it depends. It depends how he does the rest of the season. He comes out throwing 98 miles per hour, looking great. Uh, how about yeah. how about Hyunjin Ryu? Uh, I would take Sale over him. Okay. Like it's uh, Ryu's not a young man, and um, neither Sale has extensive injury. Well, he's he's older than Sale, and has um. More extensive injury history than Sale, and uh, not a track record of, you know, well, I guess he had part of last year too, right, where he was this good. So oh, yeah. it's not totally oh, yeah. a isolated event, but it's just a portion of one season. And yeah, I mean, uh, Ryu is going to be on a lot of bust lists, I think, next year, and it may not be totally deserved, but he's going to go later than Sale. Aaron Nola, last guy I want to debate: Aaron Nola or Chris Sale. Uh, I, I would take sale as things stand now, but, um, you know, Nola's been on fire lately. And if he stays on fire through all of September, maybe the overall numbers look good enough that, that you could make a case for him ahead of sale. Okay. You know, it'd be a hot take. Chris Paddock will be better than Chris sale next year. Yeah. That's just, that's just reckless, Adam. Come on. (laughs) All right. So. Uh, what else we got? Corey Kluber is going to be shut down for two weeks due to abdominal tightness. You want yeah. Moncada expected back on Thursday. You've said about Chris Sale. He bummed. I am. Every time we've been excited about these rehabbing pitchers who've been away for months, it seems like this happens where it's not even that they, they have problems with like they, they hurt something else. You know, this has happened to Kluber. <laughs> it happened to glass now, right? It happened to Jesus Lazardo. Like it's it's really. I think it happened to Severino, didn't it? Yeah, you're right. It happened to Severino. Yeah. Yeah, it may have been related, but yeah, it was like it went from arm to lat or something like that. Yeah, it was Stantonian. Yeah, it's annoying. Um, more news. Oh, Oakland's calling up AJ Puck, who Chris Welsh brought up the Welsh, but AJ Puck's going to be a reliever, so you don't have to pick him up. Yeah. Nelson Cruz is back. Max Scherzer is going to start on Thursday. The Braves claim Billy Hamilton off waivers. With all their outfield injuries, do you think Billy Hamilton's going to get uh, any semblance of regular playing time with the Braves? They are... One of the beat writers was actually saying they don't plan to have him hit 
just defense and pinch running, which is probably the best way to use <laughs> yeah. Billy Hamilton. I think at this point that probably is uh, is the best way to handle Billy Hamilton. There, there's a there's another interesting uh, call up though um, that's supposed to happen tomorrow Tuesday, and it's Mariners outfielder Jake Fraley, who. Between two stops this year, 19 home runs, 22 steals, a pretty good K rate. Um, you know, found some power this year when mostly previously was regarded as kind of a speedy defensive guy. And uh, they have openings in that outfield right now. He should be able to get some consistent looks. I'm not rushing out to add him everywhere, but, you know, there's a speed element there and there's an opportunity. So Jake Fraley, if you're looking to make up ground in, in steals, uh, you know, he might, he might end up being pretty decent. All right, good stuff. Uh, Tyler Glass now could return before the season's over, but most likely it would be in the bullpen. Adalberto Montesi is going to begin a rehab assignment on Tuesday. Malik Smith, he got benched over the weekend for just mental errors, and now he's batting seventh. So Ooh, yeah, now a, Jake Fraley's coming up. A weird spot. Yeah, that's a good point, yeah. Malik Smith in the doghouse a little bit. Joe Ross left with a leg injury. He was having a good start. And he, maybe he was going to be that good two-star pitcher, but Joe Ross leaves with a leg injury. Danny Santana left with hamstring tightness. Uh, Carlos Correa left with back discomfort. And Nomar Mazzara left with oblique tightness. So some mm. big injuries there that we don't yeah, know the severity Correa's, of. Correa's had back issues. That was what sidelined him for two months earlier this year. So that one's especially scary. All right, we're going to look at a list that we have not looked at all year. I don't know if we've ever looked at it in the history of the Fantasy Baseball Today uh, podcast. When we come back, a look at a list. I'm not even going to tell you what it is right after this. In the fast-paced world of attacking, speed is everything. And that's where the Furon 7 Plus shines. Engineered for accuracy and precision at a rapid pace, it's your secret weapon on the pitch. Experience overall comfort and precise striking, even in the game's fastest moments. The nylon outsole, with its V-shaped stud configuration, is designed for firm ground, giving you the grip you need to outmaneuver your opponents. Step up your attacking game and learn more, and purchase the Furon at NewBalance.com. Scott, are you ready to look at the most benched players in CBS Sports Leagues? Ooh. I know, right? Sure. Okay. Yeah, you yeah, sound, you sound excited. Yeah, I'm faking it. <laughs> Gotta, Gotta fake, fake it to make it, it baby. baby. Yes, the mixer is back. Okay, the most benched players, I took away the guys who are on IL. Vladimir Guerrero was benched this week. Okay, I get it. Uh, Mike Talkman was benched this week. He really had a terrible week, and we weren't fully buying into it with Talkman. So I didn't just bench him. I dropped Mike Talkman, but he's the second most benched player. Okay. They didn't have good matchups this week. No, at Oakland, at the Dodgers, that was the other reason. No home games for that lefty. And yet, no. Yeah. I mean, we haven't, I don't think we've heard the last of Talkman this year, but. Uh... Yeah, not not buying into him as hard as Urshela or even like J.D. Davis. Oh, you love J.D. Davis. Uh, Matt Boyd is one of the most benched. He's only started in 53% of leagues this week. Matt Boyd at Minnesota this week. So fantasy owners are like, no, probably not. Yeah, I mean, I, I benched him in one of the leagues I own him in. I, I have a deep pitching staff in that league, so it was easy to do. 
Yeah, uh, James Paxton, is that you're getting this habit, Scott, of ending sentences where it sounds like you're going to keep going, and you're really throwing me off. Also, well, on Friday's okay. show, you started saying, you see, I, I know I can get in your head. I know I can, because you started saying BB per nine, and then you changed it to walks per nine, like right away, and I was very happy about that. Yeah, so this is like <laughs> when you were talking about Darvish thing. Yeah, it was great. Um, uh, well, I, what I've been trying to avoid is the trailing off with the last word because that's something I've long had a tendency to do. I see. So I'm trying to stick the landing, and it's throwing you off. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, Zach Wheeler is home against Atlanta, and James Paxton is at the Dodgers, and they are among the most benched players this week. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, um, yeah. I'm not sure what to say there. I mean, Zach Wheeler had a bad start. I probably wouldn't be benching him. And uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Here's an interesting one. Uh, Andrew Benintendi is only 82% started. Wait, who? Andrew Benintendi. Oh. Who? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Benintendi. He's uh, he's one of the most benched players, top twenty, and uh, he's eighty-two percent owned. Reese Hoskins has been cold, and he's seventy-nine percent owned. I don't know. I have trouble sitting these guys now. Benintendi, I think, has only a five-game week, uh, if I recall. Is oh, that right or no? Man, I don't have the notes here. Yeah, he does. Philadelphia, two games against Philadelphia, three games at San Diego, three lefties on the schedule. So that actually may have been a good call, although I do think Benintendi's been better against lefties and righties this year, but not in his career. Um, all right, interesting. Interesting. That you, you know, he was, he's been hitting pretty well, and sitting Reese Hoskins is risky. I hope that works out for you all. Well, that's a look at the most bench list. Um, I'm going to read some emails later at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Tom Murphy double-dong today. Yes. Yeah, yeah, five homers in his last three games, but it's quite spread out, Scott. Well, they pretty much only start him against left-handed pitchers. And if you look at the splits, that's justified. Although one of his two home runs today was against a righty. Uh, I don't really think Omar Narvaez's job is in jeopardy. Murphy's fine in, in like two-catcher leagues or uh, daily leagues if you can afford to keep a second catcher around. You know, he's up to 15 home runs now and 179 at-bats, and we knew he had this kind of power. We kept begging the Rockies to call him up for years, and they won it. So glad somebody's benefiting from his abilities finally. Yeah, I'm glad that he was able to get out of that park in Colorado and go to Seattle. <laughs> Doesn't matter. He's park-proof. Yeah, I guess so. By the way, Ben Benintendi OPS, very similar versus lefties and righties this year, which is an encouraging sign. Uh, those were the only double-dongs tonight. We did have Team Name Tuesday. It's Team Name Tuesday. People are still into it. Aristides Development. Oh, okay. That's I like good. It. Yeah. Uh, can I get a witness? That you stole that from me. I've been well, saying that. The you know, if you want to go in the wayback machine, the the original Mark Canna team name was an Al Melchior classic. Can I get a what what? Oh, really? I stole yeah. it from Al. Yeah. Didn't even realize it. Wow. Uh, Cleavit to Beaver. Like Clevenger. Like Clevit to Beaver, I guess. Mm. Okay. Alka Smelter. (laughs) (laughs) I like that one. 
Hi ho, Rosario, Buck Farmer in the Snell. I think we've had something very similar to that, but I enjoy singing it. Um, yeah, I'm, the brand name ones get to me, and like food name ones. Like Chris is all about the song titles. I just like you know, food names. <laughs> yeah. Hitters, yeah. Uh, hitters that I wanted to focus on today included Francisco Mejia, but the first guy I wanted to talk about was Adam Eaton. He homered again. By the way, the Nationals are a vicious matchup right now. Do not start fringy pitchers against the Nationals. Uh, I think they won 13-0. So Adam Eaton going into today's, today's game was the number 22 outfielder in points leagues and number 34 in Roto. 34 in Roto is not so good. But he's just been on a power binge lately. He homered again. He's up to 10 home runs, yep. 13 steals, 20 doubles, and 7 triples. And it's been about a month now of Adam Eaton being, I don't know, like not quite elite. But must, must, must start. So I'll look up where he's been over the last 28 days. But if you want to talk about Adam Eaton, it's been terrific. Yeah, I mean, in the end, his numbers are going to look like a good Adam Eaton season, which we haven't really seen from him yet in in Washington because he kept getting hurt. And I think it's reasonable to ask if, you know, because the last time we saw a good Adam Eaton season, it was really before the home run explosion. So... How valuable is it now? I mean, it's valuable enough that you can use him, certainly. Uh, he's not going to be this hot forever. And then you may want to look, you know, he may, he may end up becoming a streamer type for you in like a three outfielder league where you look at like the Mike Talkman matchups or whatever. But, you know, right now he's he's proven to be plenty usable still. Over the last 28 days going into today, when Eaton homered, going into Monday when he homered. Number five outfielder in points leagues, number nine in Roto. So Over how long? 28 days. Very good. The numbers for Eaton there, uh, 311 batting average, 409 on base, and a 589 slugging percentage with four homers, seven doubles, and three triples, and five steals. I mean, that's really encouraging. Five steals in 28 days. Yeah. Though five games ago he had zero home runs during that stretch, <laughs> I wonder how I wonder where he would have ranked then. Interesting, but interesting. Regardless, it's yeah. hot right now. Uh, all right, that's pretty much it for the hitters for me today. The rotation: Trevor Bauer was great. I'll tell you one that really surprised me: Kyle Gibson. And I feel bad about this because I I recommended him highly for the two start week. I thought I had him figured out. Basically, sit him against the toughest teams. But other than that, you start Kyle Gibson. And he struggled against the White Sox. He gave up five runs in six and two-thirds. He gave up four runs in the third inning. And then I think he gave up another in the seventh. So it was almost like he mostly pitched well, but one big inning doomed Kyle Gibson. I will have, I still will have no issues starting him at, against Detroit this weekend, but it's been three bad starts in a row now for Gibson. Yeah, I'm beginning to think Kyle Gibson and Dylan Bundy are the exceptions to the rule that an elite swinging strike rate uh, will ultimately yield elite results. It's it's a very consistent uh, metric, I feel like, in terms of who ranks at the top with the high swinging strike rate. But those two, two years in a row now, have ranked among like the top 20 guys, and they've been not that good. They've been usable, but they haven't been very good. Well, Gibson's been much better than Bundy, though. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't help that Bundy obviously has no chance of winning games. But you're right. I mean, Gibson's been more 
Gibson's been a little higher, better than usable, I would say, but he hasn't been he hasn't been what the swinging strikes would suggest he should be. And Marco Gonzalez, he's not going to get a ton of swinging strikes, but he was okay at Tampa Bay. Five innings, three runs, five strikeouts, uh, two home runs allowed at Tampa Bay. Marco Gonzalez got the win, improves to 13 and 10 with a 4.30 ERA. And in his previous 11 starts, he had a 3.65 earned run average. And he gets Toronto this weekend, possibly without Vlad. We'll see. So, yeah, Mar- like Marco Gonzalez, Kyle Gibson. Do you have a strong preference between those two? Oh, definitely Gibson. I mean, I haven't soured on him that much. I'm, Marco Gonzalez, I'm amazed he's pulled it off as long as he has. I mean, it's kind of feeling like a Mike Fires situation. He's a little better than Mike Fires, I think, and hasn't been quite as good as Mike Fires, if that's making sense. But they they both need to... They, they both are in need of some correction here. All right, the fringy starting pitchers, we should have mentioned Dakota Hudson, 75% owned, six and two-thirds scoreless innings, four walks, seven strikeouts against Milwaukee. The three starts before that, he allowed 10 earned runs in 11 and two-thirds. Dakota Hudson will get Colorado this weekend. Zach Davies was not good. Dylan Peters was terrible. Yvonne Nova was not good, and Kobe Allard was ter- terrible. The only one, we haven't talked about Davies, but we never liked Davies. Um, no. How do you feel about Dakota Hudson? He's actually the most owned of this group at seventy five percent. Yeah. So the 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 stretch where I decided Dakota Hudson might be worth using as a spark in a head to head points league, where he had been racking up quality starts with a terrible whip, but the best ground ball rate in baseball. So you know he can survive a high whip because he's not giving up home runs. Uh, that was the stretch where he started not getting quality starts. He had three straight starts with less than five innings, much less six. But now two, six shutout efforts in a row. No hits in this one. I mean, I guess he's back on track. I, I think he's only usable in points leagues. And, uh, you know, even then you probably he probably needs to be making two starts. But he has one really good skill. That particularly in this environment where home runs are just sabotaging everybody, uh, that's that's not something you have to worry about so much with him. That is Dakota Hudson, and those are your fringy starting pitchers. Taking another look at the in-progress scoreboard. Oh, wait, I forgot about deep leagues. And actually, two hitters that are pretty interesting, Scott. A 12% owned Austin Nola, who has a six-game hitting streak and a home run in three straight games. He was having a pretty quiet August before this uh, three straight games with a home run, but that's Austin Nola of the Mariners and Travis Demerit, who is now batting 297 with uh, two homers and three steals in 18 games. He's 8% owned. Do either Austin Nola or Travis Demerit have mixed league appeal to you? Deep, deep appeal. I don't really have a lot of confidence in Austin Nola. Uh, I just don't. You know, he's he's a he's a twenty nine year old who got passed over for this long and you know, the XBA is two forty. It's not like the strikeout rate is especially low or any of the batted ball tendencies point to him having to to him being a high batting average guy. So I'm not saying he can't count count carve out a role for himself as a platoon player, but I don't have a lot of confidence in him sustaining Anywhere close to this level of performance. Demerit strikes out way too much. But if he can run 
like he has done a little in in the majors so far. Three stolen bases. He's playing every single day for the Tigers. We know he has power. That was the one consistent thing he did consistently in the minor leagues was hit home runs. Uh, I, I think he could be useful in a low-end sort of way. You know, maybe, maybe like that uh, Ryan Ludwig tier of outfielders. Demer could be a part of that, but I'm not seeing... I don't feel like there's huge upside here just because, you know, the strikeout rate's going to be terrible. All right, we're going to take one final break on Fantasy Baseball today. Then we'll look at the in-progress scoreboard, and we will read some of your emails at fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. Did I say Ryan Ludwig? I don't know. Did I say Ryan Ludwig? I was reading injury updates, and I'm Did, just losing I think it I right now. I said Ryan Ludwig. That, that would have had to have been the strangest experience. I wasn't. I I can't listen. I have no attention span. I am just like a decade ago. We were talking about Ryan Ludwig. Mm, Yeah, I remember Ryan Ludwig. Sure, Randall Randall Gritchick. That's who I meant to say. Randall (laughs) Gritchick. Oh man! All right, we'll be right back. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. In progress, don't know what's going to happen in the ninth inning, but I assume Archie Bradley will get the save chance if... Oh, it's tie game in the eighth. Never mind. It's now 2-2. Two to two. Uh, Colorado has tied it up, and I don't think... I think it was off Chafin. So, yeah, don't know what's going to happen there, but we are looking at that game. It's 2-2, two, two, and not too many interesting things have happened in the Rockies-Diamondbacks game. 7-7 seven, seven in the tenth now. Angels and Rangers as Hansel Robles got out of a two-on jam in the bottom of the ninth to send it to extras. Jose LeClerc pitched the top of the ninth at home as a closer would do. Walked three. He walked three. He sure did, but he did not give up a run. Way to go, LeClerc. (laughs) Hunter Pence has been picking it up a little bit lately, and now that Mazar is out, you might get more consistent playing time from Pence. He is 59% owned. He's someone to keep an eye on. You might get more consistent playing from time from Delano to Shields, who stole two bases today and has 18 of them. And that's pretty much all he's going to give you. But he Ugh. does have 18 leave, of them. Leave it to Adam to turn to Delano to Shields <laughs> to fill a void. And I mentioned that Luis Arias started, uh, let off for the Twins. Max Kepler out with an injury today. I feel like Kepler hasn't been batting leadoff, though. I feel like the things have changed there, and he's been like batting more in the middle of the order. Let me see if I'm crazy. I'm probably crazy, right? Kepler, Kepler. Uh, yeah, no, he's except okay. He doesn't bat lead off against lefties. Against righties, he does. 
All right, never mind. Scratch that. Let's read some emails. Fantasybaseball at CBSI.com. Carl L. wants to know if it's time to drop Chris Paddock for Chris Bassett in a points league. I have no faith in Bassett at all. He's one of those pitchers who I'm waiting for just to all fall apart. So while I don't think dropping Chris Paddock is unthinkable at this point, it's he's obviously has little time left and hasn't been especially reliable lately anyway. Uh, I, I don't think I don't think Bassett's who I'd do it for. From Derek, who's a better stash, Sean Manaya or Johnny Cueto? Manaya or Cueto. Manaya's <laughs> closer. Manaya's closer, but I'm and he, he's been pitching well, like getting a lot of strikeouts, doing exactly what you want to see statistically, and yet the velocity readings are like high eighties on the fastball. You know, maybe maybe hitting ninety one on occasion. That's uh, not good. So that's discur like when I ha- wherever I have a free IL spot, I've been stashing him, but I've started to do that qu- with Cueto too. Uh, I'm going to say Manaya just because he's closer, but uh, he, he you may be dropping him pretty soon, kind of like a Danny Salazar situation. You drop him soon thereafter. From Trevor, I have not heard anyone really talk about Jose Ozuna. How would you compare Jose Ozuna versus Ty France, Ian Happ, Garrett Cooper, Demerit, and Josh Rojas? Not favorably. Um, he's gotten very little playing time this year, right? Has something changed recently? I don't know. No, I, mean, he's been, I don't think so. He's been kind of on and off the Pirates for three years now, and this is the first year he's been productive in any way. Uh, it's not like he has a great history of hitting for power in the minors, uh, I'm going to have to take a closer look at that because I just, he's not been on my radar at all. And, uh, for good reason. I mean, he doesn't play that much. So, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll have to, I'll have to look into that more. No, but the pirates outfielder that is, he's pretty owned, but doesn't get enough credit is Brian Reynolds. He really probably should be like 80 something percent owned. And I don't yeah. think he is. Yeah, no, he needs to be. I finally, I've finally given in on him. He's mostly legit. I mean, there there should be some batting average regression there, but he profiles as like a 300 hitter anyway. So he's good. And he's playing every day, you know, before he was losing some playing time when Dickerson was there. Not the case anymore. From Billy, would you trade Jose Ramirez and a seventh-round pick next year in a keeper league uh, for Hyunjin Ryu? Uh, Ramirez cannot be kept and Ryu can be kept for two more years I'm on the playoff bubble if I make it I have little chance of winning six by six head-to-head categories league so uh, he's kind of playing for next year giving up Jose Ramirez who he's not going to be able to keep and a seventh round pick for Hyunjin Ryu who can be kept for two more years I mean I'd be curious to know what a seventh round pick translates to in this keeper league how many players are being kept so what it actually is but you know, I assume at least three are being kept. So we're talking about more like a tenth round pick. Um, I would do it if you're going to keep Ryu. Why not? Yeah, yeah get something for yeah, Ramirez. I, mean, I don't have a lot of faith in Ryu repeating Cy Young caliber numbers next year, but I don't feel like the cost is that great. I mean, even if you're wanting to compete for this year, Ryu's obviously going to help. Sure, with that. sure. Yeah. All right, from Andrew, dear Peter, Buster, Tim, and Jason. 
that would be the oh those are ESPN writers or at least at some point Peter Gammons Buster Olney Tim Kirchin and Jason Stark they'll misspelled Stark is mm, right he's got a Y in there right yeah Sneaky. I don't know I don't know I don't know why we're giving these guys oh come on come on man no they're oh. great they, you know what those guys when I was in high school, I'm sure you're the same way. Those were the guys that got me really into baseball. I used to read ESPN.com all the time. Those guys were great. Yeah, honestly, Jason Stark is the most influential sports writer for me. So Really? Yeah, he is. I you know, the the his his particular writing style was one that uh you know, I, I kind of started adapting things he did. Cool. Just That's in like history papers and stuff in college. And, you know, obviously it's my growth as a writer has gone from there. But he, I read him very closely in college because I really liked his voice. I don't know if I had someone like that for me. A big influence. Maybe like Homer Simpson. Uh, all right. This is from Andrew. The question is, with Chris Sale, I've been going back and forth on if I should drop him or keep him for 2020. Uh, it's a 12-team head-to-head keeper league, and you keep four. So the options are Chris Sale for 25, Vlad for one, Trout for 49, Bueller for one, Blackman for 21, Luis Castillo for 16, and Will Smith for one. Keep four, eh? He is not one of my four keepers. Trout for 49, I would do. Yeah. Who who is not one of your four keepers? Sale. Oh, a 25? Uh, it's not, it's not such a bad it's not such a bad value, but Vlad for yeah. one, Bueller for one, a hundred percent with those guys. And then I'd probably keep either Will Smith for 16 or Castillo for 16 or, or Blackman for 21. Sale might be my least favorite value on this list. And honestly, Will Smith at one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's great. He's going to have. I think he's going to be in the discussion. I mean, barring, you know, a really poor finish, I think he's going to be in the discussion number one <laughs> next year at catcher. Like, I don't think he will be number one, but I think he'll be part of that tier where we're like. Oh, know. oh, I'm sorry. I thought that was the reliever. Oh. It might it, be. It could be either one. Yeah. I think I, was I would more excited about the catcher either <laughs> just because not because Will Smith the reliever isn't good, but because uh, you know with those other options I wouldn't want to keep a closer with all the, um, you know just how unreliable that role is from year to year, much I, less. Yeah, it's true. I I don't know what the budget is, but sale at twenty five when Trout is forty nine and Castillo is sixteen and Blackman is twenty one. Like sale at twenty five is a perfectly reasonable value, but you have four better options on there. You don't need to keep right. Chris Sale. Right. Bueller, Vlad, and Castillo at sixteen. Bueller and Vlad, Vlad one each. I think are obvious. Trout at forty nine. I just have a hard time giving up Trout when he's anywhere close to reasonable value. So mm-hmm. I think he'd be my fourth. All right, we're out of here. Thank you, Scott. Thanks everybody for listening. I actually feel better than I did earlier. So this was therapeutic. Thank you, everybody. And I'm sorry. Uh, if, uh, yeah, it wasn't really that exciting of a day, but <laughs> I don't think we left anything out. We will talk to you tomorrow. The Welsh will be back on hosting the show with Scott and maybe me. We'll see if I'm popping in. Uh, we'll talk to you then. See you later, everybody. Bye-bye.